Hello and welcome to the Beyond the Hustle podcast. My name is Lydia Wilmsen and I'm a mindset and business coach for high achieving entrepreneurs. In this podcast, I share insights into how you can create a life of freedom, happiness and personal fulfillment while increasing financial success way beyond what you have achieved with hustle alone so far. Plus, every other week I interview inspiring and out-of-the-box thinking entrepreneurs. Have fun and enjoy! Okay, welcome to today's episode. I'm super excited to actually speak with a client of a former client of mine. His name is Patrick, Patrick Lane from the US, or at least this is where he lives. And he is passionate about all kinds or everything around wellness and health. And I'm super excited to, for example, learn more about breathing today, learn more about how to basically uh, yeah, get your lifestyle to an even better level from a wellness and health perspective. So I guess you have a lot of amazing stuff to share with us today, Patrick. So welcome to the show. And my first question, as always, is can you tell us a little bit about your story? Like, how did you end up where you are right now, business-wise and personal-wise? Um... Yeah, I guess uh, how far back to go here. So as a kid, uh, I grew up, uh, my parents were both teachers. Uh, my aunts and uncles were teachers. I grew up in a family of teachers. There was no entrepreneurs in our house, in our world. It wasn't a thing that we did. We didn't We didn't take risk. I can remember as a kid telling my mom I wanted to be a movie director. And, uh, oh, no, you don't want to do that because uh, those people aren't really happy. They don't really live happy lives, right? And so it was just a never-take-risk mentality. So I went to school. And then I went to college, and as, as most of us do, after college, I went to graduate school. After graduate school, I went to work for three years, didn't really like it, went to more graduate school, because I can always just keep going to school. So uh, the end result was a PhD in atmospheric chemistry from Georgia Tech, and uh, that led me to, uh, I said, I want more, I want something different. So at Georgia Tech and, and at my previous uh, jobs, you know, they were always laboratory settings. And so I said, I want something different. So I looked for a postdoc position because why go out into the world? Go to more school, do a postdoc. So I did a postdoc at the University of Houston uh, in doing field work. So outside of that arena. And it was really interesting looking at mercury as a contaminant in the atmosphere. That position took me to Edinburgh, Scotland in 2013 for the World International cool. Conference on Mercury as a Global Pollutant. ICMGP is the acronym, right? And while I was there, I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana, which is the accent that you hear. And while I, while I was there, I was given a presentation and this old guy with a hat on walks up and he's enthralled by my presentation and he wants to talk to me and he talks to me afterwards. And this guy was also from Louisiana. We met in Scotland. He tells me that they're looking for, and this was 2013, my postdoc was coming mm -hmm. to an end. I was looking to see what I was going to do next. From New Orleans, Louisiana. He tells me that they're looking for a PhD <laughs> scientist to come in and lead their lab. And they're in Houston. I lived in Houston at the time. Although we met in Scotland, it's a really crazy story. And uh, why not? Uh, long story short, that led to me working with him. Uh, we worked together at that company for about 10 months. Uh, then we left, started our own company. And here we are eight years later still together. He's amazing. He, he actually lives in Ecuador today. Uh, but amazing, amazing guy. Uh, he's been in oil and gas for over 50 years. And that was my first step into sort of a non-traditional environment. I started working from home in 2013 before it was cool to do so. And immediately, immediately knew I would never, ever work at another place ever again. And so that led me to a variety of different, you know, I was always in oil and gas, but it led me to, I've always been passionate about health and wellness and I have two kids. And, and so that led me to what else can I do to get my voice out there? What else can I do to help uh, make the world a better place for my own kids? And so that started a variety of different businesses. And I just kind of stepped into the entrepreneur type of lifestyle pretty, pretty easily. So what was the, the business you went into or the work you did with the guy um, you met in Edinburgh? That was oil and gas? That was... Yeah, it's oil and gas consulting work. We started a business called Process Mercury Group uh, back in 2014. And uh, we, we have clients all over the world, uh, Australia, Thailand, um, the Middle East, of course, here in the U.S. as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So, and then you said you had always been interested in, in health, like from, from early on. 
how did this come about? Because especially like the US, what we have, the picture we have, it's very separated. So you have crazy health people and then you obviously have the obese issue and the health decline issue. Like the States is like the example for that, basically, you know, when you look from outside. So yeah, how did you, I don't know, are there stories how you came across health and, and taking care of that? Because it is not normal, I would say, that people do that. Yeah, so uh, ultimately... It was about my kids and I recognized, uh, I stepped on a scale one day and I'm not a very big guy, right? But I stepped on a scale one day and I weighed over 200 pounds for the first time in my life. My kids were about five, six years old at the time, but that was really a, that was, that really hit me hard. I was, really, I was, I was like, I am not going to be that guy. I was very athletic as a kid. Uh, I wouldn't say very athletic. I was, I was chubby as a kid into my high school years, I became pretty athletic and I was, um, I, I was always interested in feeling good, interested in looking good and into sports. And uh, when I when I had kids, I kind of lost that. And I just, you know, life kind of caught up with me. And um, why is that? Like, that's super interesting. It would be interesting to get your, your opinion on that. Why is that? Do you get so busy with life and taking care of the kids and working and all the daily grind? Well, yeah, there's a lot of pressure, right? There's a lot of pressure to, you got to work, you got to pay the bills, you got kids, you want to make them proud, you want to make your spouse proud. There's a lot of pressure to um, to be there for other people. But there's a lot of responsibility to make other people happy. There's a lot of responsibility to complete the picture for the other people in your life, whether it be your kids or your spouse, right? Um, and not, of course, your parents as well, they have expectations too, right? So uh, all of that pressure kind of took its toll and the first thing that gets sacrificed is is our health. Mm, and then, okay, so you stepped on the scales and you figured out that's not what I want to leave my kids with. And what did you do? Because you, I know that you have a very specific, um, not opinion, but even like theory or what you also teach your clients around health. And I would obviously like to hear a little bit more about that in a moment. But how did you how did you figure out your path? Yeah. So the first, so one thing that so school doesn't teach you much right but graduate school and specifically going to school for your doctorate in the sciences teaches you how to learn that's ultimately what it does what it teaches you i don't know but it, the, the fact the ability to learn the ability to do your own research uh it teaches you that it gives you those skills and so i knew how to do that i knew i felt like crap i knew that my my knees hurt i knew that i could tell the temperature outside based on how my knees felt uh i knew that i was over 200 pounds for the first time in my life so i had to do something about it so I started doing a lot of research to look, why do I feel this way? Why do I, why do I look this way? And uh, that's when I started doing a lot, of, a lot of research into looking at what I'm eating and what I'm doing. And, and that's how it started. And the first month, that following month, I decided to go one month alcohol free, right? And everybody told me I was crazy. Like, you can't do that. What do you do? Why? What's the point? Like, you're, you're not going to give up alcohol forever. So what's the point in going without alcohol for one, one month? And I did it largely to, number one, prove uh, that I could do it, right? I mean, there was, a, there was a time in my life when I can remember vividly a phone call that I had with my mom when I was 25 years old. I called her and I said, Mom, I can't imagine a life without getting absolutely drunk at least once a week. Like, at least once a week. And uh, that, was, that was me. I, I wasn't really an alcoholic, but I certainly had a dependence on alcohol. And I certainly had a pretty strong relationship with alcohol, right? And so, so I learned that, okay... What, what would it do? What would happen? Let me try it. And so I demonstrated to myself that I could give up alcohol for one month. Um, I next, but the next month came and it was like, okay, what do you do now? And uh, but but then the next month I gave up cheese. And those are the only two specifically that I remember. And ultimately, the reason I chose those two was because they're they're they have a significant impact on our bodies, right? It, whether it's inflaming our joints, uh, whether it's impacting our mind and the ability for our mind to connect with our bodies. And uh, that's why I chose those two things. And then from there, it, it elevated to, and it wasn't like give up alcohol forever or give up cheese forever. It was just focus on the month. And from there, it went into, uh, I think the third month might have been yogurt. Um, I, I don't remember exactly what after that. But it was an iterative process. And it was a process of how does this make me feel? And if it makes me feel better, okay, that's a, that's a signal that it's something I should consider and take into account as I'm eating in the future, as I'm moving, as I'm drinking in the future, I should think about in, in terms of how does it make me feel? If it makes me feel good, then it's good. If it makes you feel good, it's good. What's good for me and what's good for you could be two completely different things. 
right? Your, your body could operate at prime time, uh, eating cheese every day. My body maybe not or does not, right? So it's, it's, never, it's never a thing where, you know, I never tell people, oh, go, you know, oh, this is bad for you. This is good for you. It, it's, yeah, there's some groups of foods that are better for, you know, a larger class of people, a uh, larger percentage of people, but it's never a slam dunk. Yes, this is great. This is bad. Everybody's, everybody's different. Everybody's unique. So just like our minds, just like certain things excite us, you know, what I'm passionate about is not necessarily what you're passionate about. It's the same way with food. It's also the same way, like in the business world, where they or business world, where they tell you they, some people, what is the right strategy, and this is the only way, or how can how you can do it, and then to understand finally, okay, that's always unique. Like my strategy will be unique, and what is working for you might be the the wrongest thing I could do myself. So, so the, the thing is, the amazing thing is, so I figured this out when it came to food. Right? I had to figure it out. I realized with food that it was all about what made me feel good. It was all about uh, that was the only thing that mattered. And, and because somebody else said something was good or bad didn't matter at all. It only mattered what I thought. It only mattered what I felt. Right. So I had to figure it out with food. But I had no idea that it translated to every other aspect of your life. Every other aspect, whether it comes to money, whether it comes to business, whether it comes to uh, relationships, every other aspect is the same exact way. I only knew for years I went. Even after I thought I had it figured out, after I had the food part figured out, the exercise part came next, right? Because I used to work out like, you know, just uh, hours, hours, right? Throwing heavy weights around, doing all, all, everything, not the, not, you know, very, very in a struggle fashion, like no pain, no gain, right? And here I am today. I work out less than I've ever worked out. I'm 7% body fat. I feel amazing. I, I, it, it, it's, I, I hit all of my physical goals, all of my, my, The way that I feel like, I mean, I'm 43. I feel like I'm 23. Um, and I, and I, it's, it's, I love working out. I love to sweat. I love to go. I live in Miami. I, it's, it's hot. I, I love to go outside and sweat. If you see a group of people and you see a tree and a shade and you see sun, I'm going to be in the sun. Even if it's the hottest part of the day, it could be two o'clock in the afternoon. It doesn't matter. I'm going to be in the sun. So, uh, it's really, it's really crazy how, how I didn't realize that it applied to every aspect of our lives, which surely, surely you. Yeah, definitely. And, oh gosh, so many things to, to talk about. So, because, like, I want to circle back to, to the things that people do and where you said, like, what makes you feel better? How do you help people uh, to, for example, cut out certain parts, like certain foods or, you know, where you say you're going to feel better. But there is also the brain part. So you could know or you could even feel it makes you better but you're so addicted to that or you, f you, you actually enjoy eating a certain thing. Like how do you help people then to still stop doing it? Because it's like my issue is, or not my issue, but my, um, what I want to say or focus on is this. Sometimes we think it feels good, even though it's not good. So our feeling good can be almost like we can brainwash ourselves into something. How do you help people to figure that out? So that's where the mind-body connection must be made. Without the mind-body connection, uh, you can't do it. So it, it, every day when I walk into the kitchen, I don't know what I'm going to eat. I don't know what I'm going to eat today. Right? I walk in and, I, and I, because I have the mind-body connection, I listen to, okay, what am I, am I? Am I thinking about something crunchy? Am I thinking about, is my body telling me it wants energy? Is, it, is my body telling me that... Um, that it wants something dense, like really, really good protein, right? So the first step is making that mind-body connection. So your question is, how do you make that mind-body connection, right? And so ultimately, we, so we have to meet you where you are. We can't, just, we can't just tell you to go out and start meditating for an hour a day when you don't even, you know, med the word meditation scares you, much less actually doing it, right? But ultimately, focus on your breathing. Focus on how you breathe. The, uh, the way that we breathe every day has such a gigantic impact on the way that we live and our health and not only our physical health, but our mental health. Uh, we, so typically we'll start with breathing. Recognize your breathing. What percentage of the day are you breathing through your nose? What percentage of the day are you breathing through your mouth? Are you breathing through your nose at night? You don't know. Most people don't know, right? And most people do unconsciously breathe through their mouth at night. You can tape your mouth shut and we can learn and we can figure out, we can figure out uh, how you, how much you do breathe through your mouth when you sleep. If you tape your mouth shut and your sleep is completely the same as what it was without taping your mouth shut, you can be pretty confident you're breathing through your nose when you sleep. 
Otherwise, uh, no, you could be getting up to go to the bathroom two, three times a night. I used to get up to go to the bathroom three times a night, every two hours, on the clock, every two hours. I take my mouth shut, and now I get up once or zero times every night just because I take my mouth shut. Because there's a, there's a chemical in your brain that is released when you're breathing through your mouth that allows your kidneys uh, and your bladder, allows your bladder to fill up with urine. And then you have to go to the bathroom. When you're only breathing through your nose, that chemical is not released. So we don't have, we, we don't, we don't wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. But how do you, like if all the people um, who listen to the podcast now like tape their mouth shut, like can, is there, can you die with that? No, how would you die? No, you, okay. you, 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 I don't as know. Humans, Did you stop breathing? As, as humans, we have two pathways through which we can breathe, our nose and our mouth. So if I tape your mouth shut, you will still be able to breathe through your nose. Right? And, and nose breathing drives, it's like a feedback loop. Nose breathing drives more nose breathing. Mouth breathing drives more mouth breathing. I got a guy more than with now who has broken his nose five times in his life. Five times. And so his nose is all messed up and it's very hard for him to breathe through his nose. And so he's, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge. Uh, we just started working together this week, so it's brand new. But it's a challenge because uh, getting him comfortable with breathing through the nose more uh, is a big component of his health. But he feels like, oh, I broke my nose five times. So it's good luck. Good luck trying to get me to breathe more through my nose more comfortably, right? So, um, so yeah, so I digress a little bit. But, but that's, that's, that's the first step, right? So that's something really easy. We all breathe every day. And, and if you look at how much we breathe compared to how much we eat and drink, it's, you know, Tons of volume-wise, much larger for what we breathe than what we eat and drink, right? So um, I think people underestimate the impact that breathing can have on your overall health and awareness levels. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, my my question about sleeping and taping your mouth shut was because there are those like sleep apnoa people. And I think there is an issue because they stop breathing at all. So I thought like, okay, if you tape the one thing they usually breathe through, perhaps they just stop it and then it's like Ugh. so sleep apnea sleep apnea machines actually force you to breathe through your nose oh, yeah ah yeah that's true yeah so you don't need tape you don't need to tape your mouth shut if you're on a sleep apnea machine no no no. not if you're on the machine just if you haven't recognized that that this is your issue and you know and you wake up and like Ugh. i'm almost like you know like out of breath so to say that's because you're breathing through your mouth and your tongue is choking you right If you, if you were breathing through your nose, that wouldn't happen. Oh, okay, so perfect. So for everyone listening who is fearful, you can just keep, you can just do it. All, all good. Um, yeah, and it's, it's super interesting. And what, how do you, um, like, what is the main thing you would say to people when it comes to breathing? Like, obviously, you mentioned the awareness part. So, so important to become aware. How do you breathe you, through your mouth, through your nose, all of that? Do you have something you recommend them then, like a certain type of, of breathing or what do they do then with this like new awareness around breathing? No, it's whatever's comfortable, right? So, you, you know, people talk about box breathing. You can do box breathing, right? That's where you breathe. That's where you breathe in for, say, four seconds and then you hold it for four seconds and then you breathe out for four seconds and then you hold it for four seconds and you do it all over again, right? So it's, it's, it, they call it box breathing because there's four sides. Um, And that's perfectly fine. I don't like to do that because we hold our breaths unconsciously enough during the day. So we have a lot of periods during the day where we, you know, I think there's even a, I think there's a word for it. They call it screen apnea. So like when you're working on a computer screen, you subconsciously stop breathing more often than you think. Um, so when we're, when we're doing this intentional breathing, it's probably, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. The one thing I don't know, and there hasn't been a lot of research on, I think I even mentioned this to you in a, in a comment on LinkedIn, right? Is, is how much does the intentional breath holding impact your uh your subconscious ability to, to hold your breath does it lead to more of that i don't know um but but you know in general you want to breathe out more than you breathe in right so bottom line is if you if you're focusing on your breathing and you're counting your breaths and you know how many seconds you're breathing in and how many seconds you're breathing out and if you're breathing out more than you're breathing in my personal preference is three seconds in 10 to 12 seconds out and no holds three in 12 out three in 12 out three and just repeat it for a half hour right Uh, and why is that? Like, why have, do we have to breathe out more than we breathe in? You would expect half half. Our lungs fill up with stale air. If you think about the way you breathe during the day, most people aren't breathing really, really intentional and really being mindful about their breathing. So what ends up happening is we end up, we end up breathing in and out about the same amount. So, then, so we're not replenishing the air in our lungs. We have air. Most people breathe from like the top, what is it, the top half or the top third of their lungs and, and the rest of the air just gets completely stale and stays, stays in the lungs. Uh, yucky. So, yucky, yucky. Yeah. <laughs> It's literally stale air. So, oh. um, so when, you, when you push yourself to that limit of 
your exhales are now longer than your inhales and whatever's comfortable, right? As you, as you do it, you will get more and more comfortable. I didn't start out doing three and 12, okay? I, I, I started out doing three and six and, you know, or four and eight, right? And then you can go. And then another cool exercise I love to do it is, is to actually challenge yourself. How far can you go, right? Can you, do, can you do four and 30? Can you do four and 60, right? I mean, there are these, there are these um, you know, so the, I, I mentioned earlier, the International Conference on Mercury is a global pollutant. So that conference was in Jeju, South Korea, which if you've never been, amazing place. It's like, uh, it's a really, really, it's a small island on the southern tip of South Korea, right? And when we were there, there were these women divers, okay? And women divers, they're called women divers. They go down and they dive. It's all free diving. There's no tanks or anything like that. They hold their breath for 10 minutes at a time and go down and pick up clams and shellfish out of the water. And then they just come walking up. You can just watch them. You can go sit on the beach, watch them go in the water for 10 to 15 minutes and then come back out. And so, so the idea to us, that sounds shocking, right? And I, and I'm, you know, uh, I'm certainly not, I can't hold my breath for 10 minutes, but, but I, it is really challenging if we can just as an internal project to, to see how far out we can stretch that breath. And over time, we'll be able to push it further and further and further out. And we can develop control mechanisms to be able to survive 10 minutes without breathing if we have to. That's crazy because we hear like after whatever is six, seven minutes, you know, it's super horrible and whatever. Um, but yeah, so true. I managed to hold my breath, like to do that for three minutes with the Wim Hof thing. So then it was before that I could do 30 seconds and then it was like, what? Three minutes with the correct breathing. Like again, with the breathing in technique and so, yeah, so interesting, interesting. Okay. So for people, yeah, you, the first time that I now understand why it's important to, to breathe out longer than, yeah, because of the stale breath to like stale air to get this out. So, so the breathing is one benefit. There's another benefit that nobody ever talks about. And that is the benefit of when you are focused, really, really focused on your breathing, doing all these methods and all of these different techniques. And there's a whole bunch of Wim Hof, there's a whole bunch of different ones. The benefit that nobody ever talks about is the benefit of your mind and the fact that your mind is now not thinking about problems or bullshit or what I'm going to do later today or what I got coming up or there's no worries. There's no concern. You're in a free space, right? So then when you come out of that space, you're in a much more creative place. You're in a much more place that is that is aligned with the true version of yourself right so there's so much noise in this world and it's what i was talking about with food right there's so much noise out there there's so much everybody's trying to market different foods right left and right um you know even even healthy stuff you don't know what's healthy and what's not because everybody's saying their stuff is healthy and it's got all this junk in it it's just noise so this is when you do this with your breathing it actually completely eliminates the noise out of your out of your consciousness yeah. right yeah definitely Oh, I love focusing on breathing, but like after our interview, I will definitely focus more on that now. Um, and is there something about the, the breathing that it's good to, to breathe deeper into your belly or does it not matter? Because, you know, there is like this feeling of shallow breathing. You keep it up here and then you have these people who tell you to breathe really deeply and then, you know, like move it through, through your whole body. Or do you say like, heart oh, does not matter? Just follow the three, uh, 12 rhythm. Well, you're getting a little bit outside of my wheelhouse at this point. The only thing that I will say is that um, it, it, whatever, this is, this is again going to go back to what feels good, right? What is most comfortable? If, you, it, it, the, if your goal is to push yourself to be able to be in control of your breath more, then the shorter inhales are going to be better because what, what our instinct is to, like after we breathe out, we kind of feel like at some point we feel like we're suffocating, right? So then we feel like we got, you know, we got to suck in a lot of air, right? But if we, it, it's like, it's like working out. It's like exercise. We practice it. And if we practice just breathing in, in that moment, just breathing in slowly, um, we, we can build a muscle up that is essentially controlling how much control we have over our breath, right? So, but I don't know whether one's good or bad, or I, I don't think it's necessarily good or bad. It's just, I don't know what your goal is. Mm, okay. Yeah. It could have been that you say like the deeper, like still short, but deeper you breathe, there is like, um, you know, like with the organs around it, there is massage to it or something like that. So yeah, but all good, all good. So the next question um, would be around, um, okay, we spoke about, uh, they start with breathing and then the food and the, like this, this body mind connection starts. And what do you see is the main problem with the clients who come to you? Like, what is the main challenge you discover in the people coming to you for help? I don't feel good. They have, uh, they don't have a lot of energy. Uh, they're tired. Um, 
you know, they have kids, they want to play with the kids, they want to be able to be alive for their kids, but they just don't, they, they look at kids and say, wow, I wish I had that energy. I, I wish I did. I, I, I remember what it was like when I was a kid when I had that energy. So they kind of lose part of who they are. Um, they don't recognize that. They just think it's normal. It's normal to, to get older and lose our energy and gain weight. And, you know, that's about half of the people that come to us. Yeah, they want to lose weight. Uh, but, but there's a significant portion that uh, it's not about the weight at all. It's just about just want to feel better. Mm. And would you say with your approach and obviously all your knowledge that everyone can achieve that? Or are there certain reasons or things that it wouldn't work with someone? That 100% anybody can achieve it. Right? That's the biggest, the biggest thing that I see. It's crazy, whether it's on LinkedIn or anywhere, is, is people who they think that they are special. They think that they have a condition that, you know, oh, because of my condition and my situation, ah, that wouldn't work for me. Or even, even as simple as, I love food too much. I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana, which to people in the U.S., people in the U.S. know that, that people in New Orleans literally live to eat. Like, I mean, food is a hobby. Eating is a hobby. And I can tell you, Lydia, to this day, um, eating is a hobby for me. I love to eat. I love food. So that part of it hasn't changed. Do I eat the same shit I ate, you know, 20 years ago? No. Okay, that, that, that part's changed. The what I like to eat has changed. But the, the actual act of eating and the actual appreciation for food um, and the love for food has not changed at all. So no matter how much you love food, because people have this belief and this, the noise out there tells us that we have to eat less and move more. Well, I mean, you can certainly do it that way. You can, you can do that. But, um, you know, does eat less mean restricting yourself from eating what you want to eat? If so, then that's not sustainable. Eventually you're going to, you know, you're going to eat, you're going to want more. You're going to, it's, it's not, we can't possibly restrict ourselves from something that we want eternally and be happy. I mean, And I just think there is a lot in the industry out there, especially in the food industry, and it's catered to, like, with all the stuff in there. It's actually, like, they, they test it so that it has the specific amounts of whatever fat and sugars in there to keep people wanting more of that. So there is a part of, or we spoke about the, the power of the mind, like, you need to strengthen your mind and you need to work on that and not just work on food, is my idea. I don't know what your opinion is about that, because... Food nowadays is created, especially processed foods, to keep you hooked on it. Like it's created so that you want more and keeps you addicted, basically, or it makes it makes you addicted, so to say. 100%. I mean, I, I first learned about that. Uh, there's, so there's, I don't know if you've read the book Salt, Sugar, Fat, but uh, there's a book out there. It's called Salt, Sugar, Fat. It speaks exactly to what you just said. The author is Michael Moss. Um, and he actually won a Pulitzer Prize for his work in putting that book together. And it was probably about 10 years old at this point. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, he calls it the bliss point, right? That's what that's what food executives call it. It's the bliss point, which is that perfect ratio of salt, sugar, and fat to basically give you that mouthfeel so that it becomes an addiction and so that you want more. You know, they, they say you can't eat just one. Well, that's 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 where that comes from, right? And so, um, but when you are connected, when your mind and body are connected, you can, you know what you, what makes you, you know how it makes you feel. You know the impact that it's having on you and your body will make the choice for you. There's no, your body and your mind have to work together. Right? There's no, they're trying to work together. They're trying to communicate all the time. Even if you're obese and you're, you're completely out of shape, unhealthy, uh, on your deathbed, your mind and body are trying to communicate. You just can't hear them. The, the wires aren't connected. The wires are just sitting. It's like, it's like your computer. If you, got the, if you got the computer cord here and it's not plugged in, it's not going to do anything. So it's the same thing inside of our bodies. Um, so, you, you know, we, we can kind of use your, take advantage of that, use your body to guide you, to show you what you, you know, maybe you don't need to be as extreme as me and what every single day you go into the kitchen and let your body tell you, but you certainly can get to that point. Anybody can get to that point. Mm. We just got to connect yeah. those wires. Super interesting. Mm, for me, it was gladly never such a struggle, but I definitely know people in my, in my circle of friends um, yeah, who have struggled, like whatever they ate, they just put on weight. And even if they stopped eating or whatever, you know, it was, it just kept going. And for other people, like I recently did a metabolism test and like my metabolism rate is super high. So actually whatever I eat, it's like, it never sticks or like, you know, it's not just doesn't like, I don't have this issue of, yeah, you can put whatever in me. Obviously I take a lot like good care of what I eat and follow this, what, what I'm, what I desire to eat. But yeah, I definitely see that struggle in people. It's huge. Yeah, I mean, it's also, you know, we haven't talked about habits. You haven't asked about habits, right? But I mean, but, but, you know, and, and it's kind of like, 
it's, everything's connected. It's all connected, right? Whether you, we, we talked earlier about like the, the health and fitness side and the business side and the money side and how all of those are connected. But, but it's even if you're just specifically talking about health, the, the idea that health is all about what we eat and drink is, is flawed. It's because it's, it's so much about not, it's, it's about every single thing that we put into our bodies and people don't think about, well, what am I putting in my body? Right now I'm putting Lydia's voice into my body and Lydia's face and because I'm, I'm seeing you and I'm hearing you. So those words are going in, right? They're going in. Now, maybe they don't go in long. Maybe they go out for some people, who knows, but they're going in. And, and so the same way we have to watch what we eat and watch what we drink uh, because it's going in, it's having an impact on us. We have to watch what goes in here. We have to watch what we absorb through here. Uh, and of course we have to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Point of so, you know, it's, uh, it, it's all, it's so all connected. And um, again, yeah, you, you pointed out or you mentioned habits. All of that creates certain habits and we often are not even aware. Like when you now said, what do we consume when it comes to what are we reading? What are we listening to? For so many people, yeah, it's just unconscious. I open the newspaper with lots of horrible news and that's my, my morning. Like, what the heck? <laughs> what am I expecting? Like, I'm focusing on feeling shit from the beginning on, basically. So that's, that's what, so, so I was, I got into this. I got into like, okay, I'm so meticulous about the way that I eat and, and paying attention to the way that I eat makes me feel right. And then, so I would go every morning, I do my breathing. I, I would, I would drink my water and I would set the day off with me, right? My, I'm setting the tone, right? The world is my world, right? I don't talk to one human being within an hour of waking up. That's intentional, right? And then what I noticed was I would then get on my phone. And then I would then start looking at, at the different news sites, whether it's, you know, whether it's whatever, MSNBC and whatever the news sites are. And, and I start reading the news and like, wait a minute, what am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm so meticulous about what's going in food wise, but here I am mindlessly consuming the news. Right. And so it, it, it definitely, that was an adjustment. I had to realize, wait a minute, what am I doing? This is just as important. It doesn't feel like it, but it, 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 at first, but it's just as important as paying attention to, to what you eat. So having rules around your phone and having rules around, you know, okay, within the first hour, I'm not going to touch my phone and I'm just picking an hour. Sometimes it's two hours, whatever it is. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I certainly, and in social media, right. We got to, we have to make sure that we are consuming the right content, the content that, that is serving us. Right. And I mean, so I, I deleted the Facebook app for my phone in April of 2021. And I never really liked it. I never wanted to be on there in the first place. Um, but, but I did for business because I always thought, oh, you got to be on there for business. That was why I ultimately got on there. And, and when I deleted it, I felt better immediately. And my life has improved from that point forward, gone from, from here to here. It's, it's the benefits that I've seen just from deleting Facebook uh, have been, I mean, off the charts. Huh. So. Yeah, social media. It's also purposely built on keeping us there. Is this the same as was we, what we talked about food? It's the same stuff. So people, watch out what you put into your, into your brain as well, not only into your body. And um, I would love to hear a little bit from you because you said you were really focused on, on health, on what you eat, on all of like exercise and that. And you hadn't made the conclusion yet, oh, the other aspects of life follow the same rules. And I know you worked with one of my clients and you changed everything around, but well, not everything around business, but you shifted away from like hustle mentality. So how was that process for you? Why do you think this was like the last area where this kicked in or where you made adjustments. Yeah. So Keith, um, when I started working with Keith back in, uh, like May of 2021, some point in May, and I really started picking up on it really quickly on everything he was saying, everything he was trying to teach me really quickly. And he was, he was kind of, I don't know what he would tell you, uh, what he would say today, but I, I think I got the impression that he was surprised at the time at how quickly I was picking everything up. Right. And how quickly I was adopting everything and intaking everything. And it's not because I'm special. It was it was just because for me, it clicked because it was the same as I've been teaching it already. I, I already the, the 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 rules are the same. The game is the same. I just thought, oh, it doesn't apply. It, it can't work like this to other aspects of my life. I can I know food. I know exercise. I know that, you know, less is more when it comes to exercise. Um, you know, we need rest days. We need all of that stuff. Yet. Business-wise, there were no rest days. It was it was go 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 multitask, do ten things at one time, like just. And it just makes no sense now. Looking back on it, how stupid was I to 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 not see it right? But that was ultimately why I was able to pick up on it so quickly because it clicked for me. I was like, the synergies are insane. And then it's funny because um, Keith hired me to help him for a month um, with 
you know, intermittent fasting and with, with his diet, right. A little bit. And, um, then he, I was like, do you get it now? Do you see now why I was able? And he's like, yeah, I get it. It's I completely understand now how you picked up on it so quickly. So, um, so it's, it's, so it's ultimately to answer your question, it comes down to your weight and your health and your the state of your health. If you don't feel good or if you're overweight, right. Or if you have high blood pressure or whatever it is, that those are symptoms, right? Those are symptoms. The money in your life is a symptom, right? The lifestyle that you live, the challenges that you have, you know, those are symptoms, right? Those aren't the actual problem. And so on the health side, if we get to the core of the problem, which is that mind-body connection at the, at the core of it, then everything else falls into place. The weight will, I can't tell you what you're supposed to weigh. Your body will tell you that. You'll just wait. I had clients, you know, so they're so funny because they give me a goal and it's, all right, I want to lose, I want to lose 50 pounds. I want to lose 80 pounds, 100 pounds, 20 pounds, whatever the number is. And then they get to that and then they blow past it. And then they're like, wait a minute, I, I didn't even, I'm not even trying to lose weight. What's going on? Well, because, because you're, you're connected now, your body's going to tell you, you don't, you no longer call the shots. And so, I mean, you call the shots, but your body's guiding you to where it needs to be that balance point. And so when it comes to business and money, um, it's the same way. It's, it, it's, um, and it's not the way that we're taught, just like with food. We're not taught this way with food. Um, the money is a symptom of how everything else in your life is aligned and how uh, everything else in your life is, is clicking and how connected you are in other aspects of your life. Of course, I would argue that health is the foundation of everything, right? Because, I mean, there's a saying out there, right? I mean, a healthy person wants a million things. An unhealthy person wants one thing. Yeah. So, uh, and that's so true. It's so true. I mean, how can you focus on, on your business and how can you focus on feeling good and how can you focus on optimizing your life if you're worried about your health constantly? You know, you're worried that you're going to die early and leave your kids behind or, or whatever, whatever it may be. You're getting sick and that's taking you off your game. Um, people think it's normal to get sick. Lydia, it's not normal. Like, I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, I mean, I'm not special, but I'm not getting, I used to get sick every year. Even, even when I was quote unquote unhealthy, I never really got sick a lot, but I got sick once or twice a year, every clockwork. There's flu season. There's seasons and times of year where you're going to get sick because the weather's changing and this and that. That's what everybody says. That's all bullshit. It's bullshit. You, you don't, you don't need to live like that. Like you, I can't tell you the last time I was sick. It's been years. And, and I mean, even it's funny because people I work with, they're like, they're like, they're, they're, when they're kind of first starting, they, they, I think I might be getting sick. But I don't feel sick. But I think I, I, I think that. I got something. Right? It's like <sighs> it, because it fits such a different feeling. Okay, so yeah. you said that everything clicked quickly for you, and you understood I can apply the same stuff to business. And what's like just to share a little bit with because you know, like people, they love the hustle. They know they need it, and all of that. Like, how do you feel different now that you approach it from a different angle, business and working? So one of the things that Keith always talked about, like you know, he's he's from up north, so he's used to walking fast, right? And so he had to slow down his walk and, and he wanted to be that guy that walked slow um, and didn't have a care in the world, right? And so for me, I've always walked slow. So this is now you're getting to a place where like good is the enemy of great, right? And and there's nobody in the world that walks slower than my dad. My dad is just, you know, his, his nickname, his nickname was uh, Turtle because he moves like a damn turtle, right? So, um, so you know, he... So I just kind of adopted that from him, kind of a, I've always been kind of a eh, just laid back kind of personality, right? But, but um, now, now I walk even slower because, because it's, and I've always said, I don't care about what other people think, right? But I've still always cared about what other people think. In the back of my mind, I've cared, right? And I always wanted to be like, I don't care, I don't care, you know, I don't care what other people think. But, but, but then when other people would, would say things or I would hear things, it, it would affect me. It would affect me, affect the way that I show up. And, and, and it's like lottery tickets. I told Keith this story. Like I, I always say, oh, lottery, lottery tickets are a tax on the poor and, or a tax on the mathematically stupid, right? Because, you know, what are the odds? And, but still, even saying that, I used to say that. I still say that, but I used to say that and, and go out and buy a lottery ticket when the pot got high enough. Right. So I was so I was saying one thing and doing another, just like I was saying, I don't give a fuck about what you think. And I was but I was still giving a fuck. Whereas, but after working with Keith and after learning how to apply this less is more approach to all aspects of my life, I now can confidently tell you I have no desire to buy a lottery ticket. Even last week, the lottery here in the U.S., the Powerball was like over six hundred million dollars. Right. And one of the biggest pots ever. But no desire to buy a lottery ticket. Right? I, I'm in control. So. 
um, it's the same thing when it comes to caring about what other people think. For the, for the first time in my life, uh, I've, I've gotten to a place over the last you know eight months where I legitimately do not give a fuck about what any other human being thinks. It, what they think doesn't matter. What I think they think is what matters. So I'm in control. You can call me stupid. You can call me crazy, right? But then I want to be crazy. If it's normal to be overweight, if it's normal to be unhealthy, if it's normal to be, you know, 88% of people in the U.S. are metabolically unfit. They either are too heavy or they relied on medicine or something, right? So, um, so I don't want to, that's normal. I don't want to be normal. Call me crazy. And it was kind of the most, um, the most eye-opening part for me was, it's the reason why it's so hard for people to get from a place of being obese to getting in shape. And the reason is because the road, the gap is so large. The, the idea that I can jump from here to, you know, uh, across the river, across the ocean, from, from, from America to Norway is, is unreasonable, right? It's not a thought that I can process and say, okay, I can make that. Let me try to make that jump. I'm going to go out today and start exercising. I'm going to start eating right so I can. No, if you just focus on being just a hair better tomorrow than you were today, uh, then eventually you can end up all the way across the world. So I don't know if that makes sense or not, but that's, um, I don't even remember what your original question was. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter, but it was, was a nice, nice path and a nice reminder for people. It's really about the next step and not about where do I want to be in 10 years or whatever. Like always, the, actually the next day or just the next hour or the next minute. It's always like, I want the big success. I want the big money. I want the big wage reduction or whatever. And it's always like the, the seconds create a minute and the minute creates the, the hour and so on. So if you focus on one second at a time and keep going, you will end up with a big pot. And if you focus on the big pot and you get, oh my goodness, like this feeling I can't do it, then yeah, you will never get there. And when you mentioned um, another thought, like you mentioned this um, million, not millionaire, the, the millions in the, in the jackpot or in the lottery thing. And yeah, what I also very often talk about is you can even win the lottery, but you won't keep the millions because you are not there mentally, like the mindset of money, wealth consciousness. So do you have anything to say around that? Because obviously you have built another business, you have your current business, you have done lots of studies, you have lots of knowledge in general. So what is your take on, on money, on wealth consciousness yeah, so what, and how to build it or how to well, what, you, it? what you just said is exactly the same for, the, for food as well, because if, the, if you go on a diet and you lose all this weight, you're just going to gain it back if you don't get the, you know, you don't get the internal stuff fixed. So, um, but I digress. So your question is about the... Uh, it's about money and how building wealth. What is the the inner game around that, or what is what are beneficial thoughts around of, from your perspective around building wealth, building a successful business without hustle, without stress? Yeah, so I think it, it comes down to caring about what other people think because because it also comes down to so when we care about what other people think, we're constantly keeping score, we're constantly judging allowing ourselves to be judged and thinking about, am I performing well enough? Am I meeting standards, right? And standards, artificial standards created by somebody else. And so when we approach it that way, well, it's going to be, why, why we're setting a, a bunch of artificial deadlines on ourselves for when we have to reach certain places. Like I always, I always did it for, for so long. I'd be like, man, I'm, you know, I just turned 40 years old and I'm, I'm, I don't have this, I don't have that. You know, I'm, I'm in the comparison game. I'm looking at what other people may have and I, what I don't have. And so now I'm, I'm only, who cares about that? Like I, I cared because other people cared because other people um, would make comments and say things and, and it was clear, it was made clear to me. Once I was able to detach from what other people thought, then the game changed. Then it's just like, okay, now I can lose the weight. Now I can, not because the money, the money is a symptom. It's a symptom of my mindset and the way that I thought. And, um, that's when everything changed. When everything changed was when it clicked and it hit me that you've been saying for so long that you didn't care, but you really did care. And when you finally, finally got to a place where anybody could knock on my door right now and break any news to me they wanted, any news to me they wanted, it would have zero impact on the rest of my day. Not because I'm a robot. Do I care about people? Yes. Do, do I want everybody to do well? Yes. But, but I believe in what the universe is doing, right? And so it's funny because on the oil and gas side, I tell my coworkers, I'm like, the universe is my friend, right? And 
And, you know, just because something happens today that wasn't ideal, it only matters if I'm keeping score today. It only matters if the goal was to reach this goal by this date. So as long as I'm allowing the universe to determine when uh, that specific success strikes, then that success will strike. But if I'm judging it, like other people are judging me, then it'll, it'll never come. So I don't know if that makes sense, but that's... Okay, that's so how, how I understand it is basically this detachment <clears throat> from other people, but also from timelines of other people. But obviously with that timelines we make ourselves, it needs to happen this day or that day and like utter detachment. And then you follow your bliss even more and you're feeling good and doing all of that stuff that feels aligned. And then it just happens. This is how I would translate that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it, it's, it's, all, it's all about... So when you, um, when you panic and you freak out about certain things that may happen, you close the door on all of the other possibilities that could have come after that action. So you now, in a way, are... You're interfering. You're interfering with the, the potential and the plan, uh, the way the universe is working for you. You're essentially sabotaging it. That's now we're talking about self-sabotage, right? Whereas if you would just approach it as, hmm, okay, well, what, what lesson can I gain from this? And it doesn't matter what it is. It could be a death. It could be, it could be a car crash. It could be anything, right? It's okay. What is, all right, that was interesting. What I find myself now, Lydia, actually laughing most of the time because, because it's, it's comical when certain things happen. It's like, wow, that guy cut me off. That's hilarious. Like what, what is, well, I guess I'm supposed to slow down. You know, what does that tell me? Right. Whereas if he cuts me off and then I'm honking the horn and I got road rage and I'm getting, so now I'm, now I'm, now I've completely closed myself off to what lessons I could have learned and what else I could have gained. So now I'm not in a receptive mode, so to speak, for the rest of the day or for the next hour or half hour, however much time that is. And we are focused, like all this energy is not taken by for, for creating new stuff. It's just taken by being in rage and being in like, oh, the other person did this to me or whatever. So it's like very focused energy on something that we don't want. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So focus on the ultimate goal and, and not judge about when that ultimate goal comes. Uh, that's, that's the most free feeling in the world once you get to that place. And it's, it's, you know, it's not hard, it's not rocket science, but it is easier said than done. Then we go to the implementation part again, again with health and everything. Because we, well, and because we judge everything by the way that we physically see things, right? We don't, we don't necessarily judge everything by, by the way that we sense and the way that we feel. We're judging, we're judging based on the way everybody else judges which is the way that the physical evidence that's in front of us. There is a car crash. Look at my car. Look at that dent. Look at this. How much money is it going to... Those things. Negative, 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 negative. Right? So, of course, your life's going to be negative. And of course, of course that day is going to be negative. Of course, it's going to be a bad day. Whereas, if you flip it and think about, this is really interesting. Like, what is the lesson that I'm trying to learn here? Like, maybe I should... Maybe I wasn't supposed to go to that lunch. Or I wasn't supposed to go to that event or on that date or wherever it was for some reason. Like interesting right maybe something horrible would have happened there even worse you think that's bad whatever it doesn't matter it's it, it's all we have the power to frame any event that happens in our lives in a way that is serving us in a way that's beneficial to us and we have the power also to frame it in a way that is not serving us just like food we have the power to eat foods that serve us and we have the power to eat foods that don't do us any good it's the same thing oh yeah that's almost like a perfect, a perfect um, sentence to finish our little interview. But of course, I want to give you again the, the op um, opportunity to just share a little bit, like not share a little bit, like anything else you want to share, like one main, anything else that comes to you where you say this needs to, to get out into the world. Like your famous, not famous last words. Do you say that when people die? I actually don't want to say that. Your, yeah, like your, your main words you want to finish this interview with. So I used to always, I used to always think that when I would see people posting things and see things online or commercials on TV or, or hear other people, you know, talk about, you know, you're amazing. You're great. Like you're, and I'm talking, I'm speaking in general, like, and I'm like, I used to always think like, that makes no sense. That's that. Everybody's not great. And that, that message is going out to everybody, to anybody who watches it. I can show that message to any human being on the planet. They can see it says, you're great. I'm supposed to get motivated by that? That's supposed to inspire me? That doesn't inspire me. All that does is piss me off, right? That's how I used to think. And now I've gotten to a place where, can't believe, you, you know, I'm admitting it, but, but 
I actually agree with it because what it what it what it means is is each person is great at something. My dad used to always tell me. He used to always tell me everybody's dumb at something, right? And 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 surely you know we talked about my education, right? But the higher up you get in the education tree, the the more you specialize on a specific area, right? And so the dumber you get at everything else is the thought, right? Um, but but the point is though that that the biggest detriment to people not being able to achieve this life and this level of success, whether you're talking about uh, living in your dream body or living in your dream house or your dream car, or dream bank account, it doesn't matter, is the belief that they deserve it and the feeling that they deserve it. And the when I realized, you know, because, you know, you go through struggles in life and whatnot. And when I realized, wait a minute, I am actually a good person. I am actually good at all these things. I am actually a benefit to society. I actually have this gift to give to other people, right? Then everybody's got that. They just got to be able to tap into it to, to identify. And they're not, they're not going to be, you know, their passion is not going to be my passion. There's enough out there for everybody to take from. And we always, I always had this, this, this mindset of there's a pie and I got to get as much of that pie as possible because, because there's only a limited amount. And that mindset, when that changed for me, everything changed because then I realized, um, you know, not only am I, uh, do I have a, a gift? Do I have a superpower? Uh, what makes me different is my superpower. Right. And I, I, I posted something on TikTok a while ago and, and it was, it was an affirmation that really is powerful and I kind of created it and, and it's, and it's, you know, what makes me different is my superpower. And there's a second part to that. And the second part is, and the world is fucked without me. Right. And everybody can use that. Everybody can, can, can have their own way of shaping the world. There's enough people in this world. There's enough uh, of an, there's unlimited impact that, that can be done in this world. So I think that I've lived my whole life with a very limited mindset. And uh, once that changed, everything changed. So it all starts in your mind. right here. Oh, thank you. It was lovely talking to you, Patrick. And obviously, I'm going to put your links into the show notes. So everyone who wants to increase level, levels of, of energy and happiness and health in their lives, I'm going to send them your ways. And yeah, even I learned something new today. So that was great. Thank you for talking with me today, Patrick. Did you like this podcast episode? Then please share it with people who you know could benefit from it. Also, I would be super grateful if you could leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It would mean such a lot to me. If you want to stay connected with me, please join my Telegram channel for daily mini reminders around mindset, business growth, investing and living life to the fullest. Or message me directly on Instagram or LinkedIn. You will find all the links in the show notes. Thank you for listening and until the next episode. Much love, Lydia.